Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Church Boy Confessions. I'm your host, Emanuel Heke. Once again, thank you so much. Um, hope you guys have had an amazing week. Um, I think that, I mean, you know, Twitter has this different algorithm, so I don't know if everybody's been having the same conversation, but uh, there's been a very huge and important conversation going on in the black community right now. This one has... I wouldn't say that, you know, a lot of people think that this conversation is deviating from the cause, deviating from George Floyd and seeking justice for um, black men and women that are getting killed by the police and police brutality. But I don't think that this conversation is deviating. Um, And that conversation is about the relationship between black men and black women. Um, And I will say that it's definitely been weighing on my mind, just like it has been on a lot of people's. And I thought that we would definitely it would be a great idea to take this episode and speak on it. Um, yeah. And to do that, I thought it would be an amazing time to welcome Miss Kendra Smith to this podcast. Um, Kendra runs a Create with Kendra. Like, she's a Create with Kendra um, host. And she was just added to the team, what, b- back in March, right, Kendra? Back in March, officially dropped. Exactly. And it's, she's had an amazing right. podcast. I know many of you guys have listened to it. And if you haven't already please do. But Kendra, welcome to the show. This is amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be on Church Boy Confessions. What? That part. Where are you at right now, Kendra? So excited. So I am back home in the Bay Area. I am filming in the Smith household. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I didn't think that it would be right to talk about what we wanted to talk about today without having a black woman on my show like you know what i'm saying i think that i really i have my opinions i have my stance on these things um but i think that of course like it would mean nothing for me to just say my opinions and stances and experiences as a black man without having that fortified um or having you know a juxtaposition between my stances and a black woman's stances you know what i'm saying yeah um and just to add to that y'all it is so important for black men and women to give ourselves permission to make room for ourselves in our voices. Mm. So it is this right here is something that is so important for culture, for our history and for whatever else there is to follow after this. Right. I completely agree. I think that when you look at the scope of things, you know, the black voice has definitely been suppressed, but I think this conversation is important because it turns the conversation to something that's more internal. I think that we kind of ignore, like, I think a lot of people are saying, oh, this deviating from what we're fighting. But I think before we even are able to successfully defend ourselves as a community, we have to make sure our community is not broken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that, um, go ahead. And it's it's really hard to do those things simultaneously as we are being suppressed and as we're trying to uplift or just trying to survive, period. How can we use practical tools and tactics to heal ourselves in the midst of trying to survive and live? So we have a task on our hands, people. Right. We do. I think one of the first points that we got to talk about when we're talking about, you know, this black women versus black men dynamic um, is black men. 
um, and the accountability that I think that we've been missing um, and just the lack of ability that we've portrayed when or lack of fervor that we portrayed when it comes to the topic of protecting black women as a black woman. Would you say that you feel protected? And if not, then how so? Like, how exactly so? In my experience as a black woman, I would say that I do feel protected by black men. Okay. I grew up in a two-parent household. My dad has always been present in my life. He has never left. Mm. He has always, you know, just been there and available for his three daughters and his wife. And so my experience is that I feel like black men do protect me. Uh, but that's not everyone else's right. experience. You know, mm-hmm. so there are some people that don't have a father, don't have a husband or a brother that, you know, are there for them, whether it's because they are locked up due to this mass incarceration, um, if they are, you know, not in their lives because of whatever the case may be, there are a million different reasons. But in my personal experience, I do believe that black men, there are black men out there that do love and protect black women. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. I feel you. I think that, um, for a lot of black men, they don't understand though. Like they don't, they don't understand that that's, a lot of people's cases. I think that especially when we're talking about in this specific context, few people are able to put each other in each other's shoes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like for me, I was that black man. I'm not even going to lie. Like when people would say, like when a lot of black women would say, protect black women, black men don't do nothing. Black men don't do nothing. And it's like for a long time, I didn't know what they were talking about quite honestly. And like, maybe that's, (laughs) maybe that's because, you know, I have my father in my life and I have my sisters with me and like, we just have a very like strong family structure and whatnot. But, um, I will say that like just recently with George Floyd happening and Breonna Taylor happening, but specifically George Floyd and Amon Arbery, I have seen, like, I don't know why it took me this long. Like that's my fault. I have seen why, there's anger. I have seen why there is frustration. I've seen it because quite frankly, man, I see a lot of the biggest protesters in this, in this fight right now are black women. Come on. You know? So it's like, Come on. I just feel like when I see something happen like that, like I get it. Like when people say black women stick up for black men, I see that. I see it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And like, it just became more evident for me in this time period. So it's like, um, for me, per- particularly, I have been I feel like I haven't been super vocal when it comes to such things, like when we're talking about this black man versus black woman thing, because I feel like most of the conversations get taken over with. I'm, I'm going to say it, a lot of just toxic rhetoric, you know, like one of the things I wanted yeah. us to talk about was this whole like and forgive my language for everybody watching. Like I know it's church boy confessions, but I'm just going to say it. This whole niggas ain't shit rhetoric and all of this, like, black men are the weakest link. That stuff, like, it bothers me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I got the thickest skin and, like, you know, nothing bothered. Like, nah, like that right there, when people say that, it really bothers me. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah, and let's talk about it, friend. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Um. I want to continue with the um, black men protecting black women as we talk about. And I'm going to say, as he said it, I'm going to give it a, a an acronym. 
NAS, NAS, because you know. I'm okay. Bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I want to say, I want to say, like, when we we talk about black men protecting black women and the response to black men not re- not protecting black women is the you know is that acronym. We have to ask ourselves, do not even ask ourselves, we have to acknowledge the fact that there are some black men out there that do not value black women. Mm. What you value, you will protect. Right. Period. Mm. No, I feel if that. I had something that was so close to my heart, I'll I'll say, let's say my niece. That is my baby. Do not come for her. You're going to put me in jail because I'm coming for you. Okay. That is my prized possession. I love her dearly and I'm going to protect her. I'm going to do what is right by her. I'm not going to let anyone cross her. I'm not going to allow negative things to be exposed to her. If I can help it to guard her at three years old, I'm going to guard her. Yeah. But there are some black men that don't value black women. And then we have to acknowledge the fact that how can black men value another human being if they don't value themselves? Mm. Wow. I cannot expect or require you to value me as a black woman, to affirm me as a black woman, if you don't value yourself. Mm. No, I feel it. I see a lot of black Right. And I see, you know, there are some black men that get caught up in in certain things, material, their situation, excuses. How about that? Get caught up in excuses to where they abandon their responsibilities. You know, I want to I want to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. Because I have this theory because I agree with you and I have this theory. Um, I feel like. Cause you know, last week we we dropped the whole like um, interview with one of my friends, Scott Thompson, and we talked about this unspoken black male criteria, where it's you have to check these boxes on the list to be that guy, to be that alpha male black male, right? And like amongst the list of these things, one of them is getting the girl. You know what I'm saying? And like we've we've heard it before. Like we we like us as men, we idolize the guy that can get all the girls and stuff like that. So a part of me feels like the problem is that it's a lot of us black men that don't necessarily initially or primarily see black women as other human beings to actually love and protect and be there for. But it's the fact that we see them as just a item as a validator. We need black women, not because we love them, because they validate us of being this big, strong man that, you know what I'm saying? Like the alpha man, they're the validator, but they're not a human being. You know what I'm saying? Would would you agree or disagree? I agree because women and black men, we're going to get to this and we're going to continue this thread of black men and women are objectified. We are seen as objects to society. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get a little deeper into how men are objectified um, a little later in the show. But women are an accessory to black men, are an accessory to society in in, in a sense, certainly. Right. I would say, I mean, I'm mean, honest and, with you. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know I was cutting you off. Oh, go ahead. I would say that 
you know, I guess a part of me, and I don't like that I feel this way, but I have to voice out that this is how I feel. Um, a part of me kind of, I've been guilty of turning a deaf ear to a lot of what black women have been complaining about or like, you know, I'm not, I want to say complaining about, but bringing to light um, because of the phrase niggas ain't, sh-, you know, nass. And also like the term, this term right here pisses me off every time I hear it. It does not matter what the person is talking to, talking about when they say that black men are the weakest link. I hate that with every ounce in my soul. Um, I hate it because I think that it's generalizing all black men. And it's also perpetuating the stereotype that all black men are just heartless like this. You know what I'm saying? And like, I feel like, and I don't mean to say this to like toot my own horn, but like, as I feel like that I'm someone that really tries every day. And just the fact that I continually to get grouped in with these guys that I literally, I wouldn't even say I keep them in my circle, like, but just, I don't associate with these people. I hold people like that accountable and all these different things, but it's just like every time I go on Twitter, it's still black men, this black men, that. And it's like, I get it. Like they, they say, Oh, if it doesn't apply, let it slide. But it's like, when you say something that's so broad, like you're insinuating all black men and it's just like, I feel like that's a generalization. And quite frankly, I don't think that generalization is called for. What would you say to that? Yeah. I would say to that there, well, first off that we are not responsible for what people say about us. Mm-hmm. As much as it gets on your nerve, as much as it turns my stomach upside down. And there are a lot of things that are said about black men and women it is not our responsibility to receive those criticisms. Mm. What do you say about yourself? What does God say about you? Mm. That you are the head and not the tail. That you are above and not beneath. That you are a lender and not a borrower. That you are royalty. That you are a chosen people. That you are peculiar. That you are a chosen nation. Like These are things that God says, declares, and speaks over us. So when the enemy, because the thing about it is like we get caught up in like the carnality of the situation. Like yeah. this is like a flesh thing. This is a this is a war between flesh. Now this is a war in the spirit. And mm. what the enemy does is manipulate and disguises his tactics to make it seem like something else when it's not. Right. Oh, this is a this is a this is a black and white thing. Nah, this is this is a, a spiritual battle. And us as as you know, sons and daughters of Christ, we have to be aware of that and think higher than that. Not saying that we're better than other people, right. but we have to think at an elevated level. So if I, if you hear math every day of your life, baby, you speak over yourself. Mm. And you walk that. in the authority that God has called you in. Right. You don't have to submit to that. Wow. And words are powerful. Yes, they do. That's why God has given us the authority to cast those things down. No, right? I I completely agree with you. That I I think that you put that beautifully. Um, I think that. I mean, I can even think of like a verse. I believe it's in Romans seven, verse one, where it's just like you know, God. There's no condemnation for us. You know what I'm saying? Like God doesn't condemn us, even though the world may. You know, like, I don't want to yes. think that I'm trying my best every day, but then I still get to get thrown inside a generalization that says that I ain't this and I ain't that. And then I'm the weakest link. I just I can't live life being told that every day. 
But it's like at the same time, I'm not going to like the reason why I haven't really vocalized this as much publicly is because what I don't want it to be is me you know, ignoring the fact, cause like, I don't want it to be the same thing where it's like people talking about rioting and looting, where it's like, you're mad at somebody's reaction to the pain that they're enduring, um, more than the pain that they're enduring. You get what I'm saying? Um, and like, I don't want to do that to black women, but it's just like, I can't help but recognize, like, I, I have to speak how I feel. And I think that in order to move the conversation forward, like there's, Although, yes, people are frustrated. Yes, people are angry and justifiably so. I just feel like the conversation, either it's black men just not caring like what you're saying and just being able to affirm themselves and not, you know, not be okay with not being affirmed by other people. Or it's just us being more respectful in our rhetoric, you know, but like you can't always control that second one, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah, you can't always control it. And and I don't want people to assume that this is the approach you have to take right off the bat because there has been generational damage. There has been trauma in, in our lives. And so this is something that you have to work at constantly, not occasionally, but every single day you have to speak over yourself and you have to live the way according to what God wants you to live. Right? right, and it's not—it's not going—it's not going to happen overnight. We have to first acknowledge the pain. We have to acknowledge what has been said. The question is, what you going to do about it? Right. What are you going to do about it? You're going to tell people, "Stop saying that about me." It's not <laughs> true. Okay, it's not true. That's fine, but you show them it's not true. Right. You carry yourself with a certain esteem. Yeah. Not, you know, not being cocky, but you carry yourself with certainty. You hold your posture a certain way. You speak a certain way. Yeah. I can't I can't show you a picture of a duck and expect you to say it's a cookie. Right. No, it's a duck. It got a, it got a bill, it got, you know, wings, it got it's in the water. This is not a cookie, this is a duck. I wanted um So Yeah, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I wanted good. to, <laughs> sorry, there's like a little lag, so I don't mean to be cutting you off, but um, I wanted you to speak to the angry black woman stereotype. I think that amongst many stereotypes and many degrading things that society has to say about black women, one that has prevailed um, a lot is this angry black woman stereotype. Can you speak to that? Like, where do you think that that stereotype came from? And why do you think that black woman anger is seen as you know, it's, it's at least put in a different category than any other, you know, complexion of women. Yes, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, as we talk about the angry black woman stereotype, I would like to rename it as the angry black woman myth. Mm. I got that from the lovely uh, minister, Dr. Um, e. Iyanla Van Vett. She did a series on the angry black woman myth. Okay. And it is not true, y'all. <laughs> it is not true. Not all black women are angry. Mm. Um, if you ask me today if I'm angry about certain things, yeah, I am angry about certain as things. As you should be. But do yeah. I, as I should be, right? But do I live with anger? No. Do I live with bitterness? No. I tell people I got the joy of the Lord. 
I have a smile on my face. I'm happy for nothing. I laugh at my own jokes. I am living yeah. my best life out here the best way that I can. And I say it's a myth because black women are the only group of people that are not allowed to be angry in mm. society. It's a myth. You will see uh, one of our other colored brothers and sisters, you know, maybe it's a Caucasian persuasion, right. have interactions with police or with people out in the street and they can act a plum. <laughs> oh! Right. I mean, a fool with two Fs and a whole bunch of L's at the end of it. And be justified. Just look over. But if a black woman is violated or crossed, we're not allowed to react or to express our feelings. I can remember when Michelle Obama um, was supporting her husband in, in his first presidential race. Mm -hmm. She was expressing herself and her grievances about the injustices of the country. And just for her, her expressing Fox News. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> you know, the news in general Enough said. <laughs> was out there in the media. Right. I'm going to leave it right there because y'all know what it is. Was out there in the media talking about, you know, she's an angry black woman. Mm. No, she's not. She is a proud American that is expressing her grievances about a country that she loves that is not for her or her people. Right. The fact that black women aren't allowed or given permission to feel then they're categorized as angry. But where does that anger stem from? Mm. That anger could be violation. Right. Could be molestation. Right. Could be abandonment. Could be fear. Could be sadness. Could be grief. Black women grieve. Right. So I think it just came out the womb angry. Oh my, no, 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 no. We have to condition to grieve, to grieve like we've been put in this life like and i'm gonna i'm gonna take it all the way back because i believe there's power in history you know and i'm a historian in my own right mm -hmm. <laughs> um when you go back to the plantation black women were raped by their their slave masters right. forced to have sex with other slaves forced to even have sex with their own sons mm. And you know, and it's like slave masters would, and I'm I'm going to get graphic, but slave masters would take the milk from their breast, mm. so they would not be able to feed their own babies. We have been violated, and it's crazy to think that none of that translates to how the later generations could perceive the world. It's just crazy to think that. Like it all just disappeared and we yeah. started off fresh. It just started fresh. Mm. No. Mm. That's that's people's that happened to people's great 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 grandmothers, if that far. Yeah. You get spit on, and I can I can remember stories from my grandparents. That's like what two generations mm. above me being spit on and called a nigga. <laughs> Right. And what can you do? You can't say nothing. You can't fight back. Yeah. Because they hang you. Right. They'll put you to death. I think. Um, and even the things that we deal with, like 
at work, at school, like black women, we are so cross all the time <laughs> and we're not allowed to be angry, but I want to affirm your feelings. Every black woman that's listening to this to affirm our feelings that it is valid and it's okay to be angry in the moment. It's okay. I feel that. Um, I think that this kind of moves to um, a topic where we're just talking about what we need to do to move forward um, and just what black love looks like. Normally when you hear black love, everything's romantic, but I think that <laughs> the real love that we need is just brotherly, sisterly love, communal love first. Um, so you had a verse that you wanted to bring up. Do you want to say the verse? You want me to say the verse? Um, I can read the verse. Go ahead. So Mark 12, mm -hmm. verse 30 through 31. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, yep. with all your soul, with all your mind, and your strength. This is the first commandment. Mm -hmm. And the second, like it, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Right. Amen. Um, I think that that verse is something that we really all need to pay attention to in a time like this, especially verse 31, where it says, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think that that brings up two main streams of thought. One is to have compassion. I think that if it's one thing that, I mean, all these videos that I'm seeing of black men attacking black women, is something that we all need. We need to show compassion. Um, I think that it's been an issue for us to be able to put our sh put ourselves in other people's shoes um and because of that there's been just we've been talking our from our point of view without considering another person's point of view um and the second train of thought that i think comes from that is the idea that i'm not a person that agrees with the whole self-love is the best love i don't i don't i feel like that's a very dislike i feel like that's a very selfish like saying but i think that self-love is very important because you need to be able to love yourself, love others as you love yourself. You understand what I'm saying? What would you say to these? Um, I really want to focus in on the word neighbor. Mm. When, when the Bible speaks about loving your neighbor as yourself, it's not talking about, you know, your next door neighbor, but you should love them too. Right. Um, but it's talking about people that's hard to love mm. people that you find it to be a challenge to love mm. those folks that have those hard shells that don't see eye to eye to you. And even in the context of black men and black women, I want to go a little deeper in that society has conditioned black men to not be lovable. Mm. Society has conditioned for black women not to be lovable. And in this case, when we talk about the neighbor, the Bible is saying, love those people that society conditions you not to love. Mm. And the crazy thing is that we don't know that we were conditioned not to love ourselves as a people. Right. It reminds me of another Black men have been... Yeah, go ahead. It reminds me of another verse where it was just like, um, like it's you don't really. Uh, I, I forgot exactly how it goes, but it's just like what as a Christian, it was Jesus basically explaining about how like any man can love 
or give a great gift or, or anybody any man can love his friend you know what i'm saying but it takes a, a special person to love somebody that doesn't reciprocate to, to them that doesn't that is their enemy that isn't their friend you know what i'm saying yeah the bible speaks about that a lot like when it says like oh you give you like you give money to people or you give money to your friends okay the wicked they do that right <laughs> so what makes you any different yeah it takes a lot for us to even love our enemies. The Bible says love our enemies right. and love those that persecute us. Like we have been beaten down and persecuted by the world, by each other. Um, but we have to still love each other through that pain and that hurt. And I think love is, love is tossed around and thrown, you know, so loosely to where we forget the value of it. Love has no conditions. Yeah. I feel like. no I would say this, you know, just to pretty much wrap this whole thing up. Um, we got to do another one of these first and foremost. Um, but Certainly. I would say that, you know, to all the black men watching, I'm going to speak to the black men. Um, I think that for us, you know, we can talk about, hey, you know, we don't like how black women do this. We don't like how black men, women are reacting to this. But one thing I just want to say is that, you know, I the way I like to see it is. You respect black women because it's a principle. You respect black women because the Bible says to love your neighbor and be okay with the fact that maybe you have instances in where you're like in your life where that has not been reciprocated. But if you follow that as a principle, I think that it'll clear up a lot of the animosity that we may have as a community or that that a lot of the the strife that we may the spite that we may have in our hearts. Do you have any last words, Kendra? Yes, I would like to speak to the women. And first off, I want to tell all of the women that you are beautiful, that you are bold, that you are courageous, that you are phenomenal. And that it is okay to hurt. It's okay to grieve, to be saddened, to be angry, to be happy, to be joyous. And to also encourage us as women to extend that love not just within ourselves, but to extend it to the black men. Just like you, the black men have been hurt. They have been damaged and violated. And so that is a commonality that we can mourn together. We can grieve together and that we can heal together as a community. Amen. Create with Kendra returns this Wednesday, June 24th at 8 a.m. Eastern time. All right. I'll catch my show. Thank you for coming on the show, All right, Kendra. Y'all. <laughs> yes. All right. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.